football news. Welcome to the Golden Black Radio pregame show as we get you set for Saturday's kickoff. Now here's your host, Kyle Charter. Purdue has a lot of stakes Saturday when it takes on Indiana in Bloomington, a chance at a share of the Big Ten West Division title, and perhaps more than that, if the Boilermakers can get some help. Hi, I'm Kyle Charters, Tom Deanhart here, Alan Karpik as well for the Golden Black Radio pregame show, Purdue at Indiana, 3.30 on Saturday down in Memorial Stadium. Uh, all right, Tom, we, we know what's at stake uh, here for the Boilermakers, a chance for a Big Ten West share. Perhaps Purdue could play in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. They will need some help from Nebraska on Friday. Uh, many of you will be listening to this after we know the outcome of that game. Uh, but certainly a lot to, to watch for for the Boilermakers this weekend. Yeah, I think you laid out the scenario perfectly there. Kyle, Purdue needs help. Their destiny is out of their control. Um the business they need to obviously take care of is beating the Hoosiers. And then, like you said, hope Nebraska can win in Iowa City against the Hawkeyes. And they're pretty, you know, sort of punch its ticket to Naptown. And, uh, yeah, you know, the Boilermakers, you know, chance for uh, another eight-win regular season for the second year in a row. That hasn't happened since 1997-98. We are still carrying a backpack and, strolling across Memorial Mall, going to the Union Sweet Shop, I'm sure. So that'd be fun for Purdue to check that box, right? And keep the bucket. You know, Jeff Brom, I think, is uh, 3-1 and one against Indiana. Of course, the 2020 game got scrubbed due to COVID. So and the only loss, Kyle, was a double overtime in West Lafayette in 2019. So he's done a good job in these rivalry games against IU and Illinois. So, yeah, there's plenty on the line for the Boilermakers uh, come Saturday. This game has a little bit of a different feel because, like, mainly that Indiana won last week against Michigan State. And really, maybe the way that Indiana won that game, uh, I think a lot of other teams might have just rolled over. Uh, the Hoosiers, who had lost, what, seven games in a row, trailed by 17 with six minutes to go in the third quarter. They got a long kickoff return from Jalen Lucas for a touchdown, then immediately got an interception and a quick quick field goal after that. Uh, and, and suddenly we're only down uh, by just the one touchdown. And then, you know, some really crazy things happen at the end of regulation and in overtime. Uh, but it does, it does make the game feel a little bit different because it, it feels like Indiana now having won a game might be a little bit more into it on Saturday. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They got a little bit of more bounce in your step, I think. Uh, coming off that very unexpected victory in East Lansing last week. They looked like the, they were dead in the water at halftime, like you said, Kyle, and they rallied behind their um, quarterback, Dexter Williams, an unconventional quarterback, more of a runner than a passer. They only completed two passes against the Spartans, but again, thrived largely on the feet of Dexter Williams, a dynamic athlete from 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 Georgia. So, He'll be the focus of the Purdue defense to try to slow down. But you're exactly right. You know, Indiana may be feeling a little bit more frisky now. They're in that seven-game losing streak, Kyle. They opened the year 3-0, and lost seven in, a, in succession before that win, again, at Michigan State last week. So, yeah, you, you think that victory could give them some confidence heading into this rivalry showdown. Purdue comes off a game in which it, it beat Northwestern sort of um... – 
I don't know, sort of a ho-hum, you know, get the lead, lean on it, try to make a couple of plays. Of course, maybe Purdue could have put them to, uh, away a little bit earlier uh, and almost did on on Jalen Graham's uh, non-pick six. Uh, but Purdue has to feel like it's still, I mean, it's still this late in the year and you sort of feel like uh, there's still a little bit more that Purdue could give, especially offensively. I don't know if that means it happens on Saturday or not, or if it means, you know, Purdue sort of is who it is right now. Um, but Purdue comes off a, a couple of victories here that at least has given itself uh, a chance to get to that eight wins in the regular season. Yeah, things did look so good at the end of October as we got into November, right? The uh, the loss at Wisconsin how that felt like it was over in the first quarter. Purdue had a 21-zip deficit. Never was really in that game. Then, of course, they have the bye week, come back from the bye week and come home to play Iowa and just get sad on 24-3. to Never were really in that game. It was 17 to nothing before Purdue knew what hit it. So, uh, yeah, there was some concerns at that point. I know the weather started getting bad in November, and that affected the passing game. Um, but like you said, the offense really hasn't been clicking until we, we got almost have to go back to that Nebraska game, honestly, in West Lafayette, when they seem like they were really humming. So uh, I think the conditions Saturday could have some rain, may not be quite as cold. But still, you're right, um, the Boilers are still looking to sort of regain an offensive groove that they've been lacking for almost over a month now. So the Boilermakers and the Hoosiers at uh, 3.30 on, on Saturday. Again, uh, as it has been all season, uh, more injuries. Part of the story here for the Boilermakers, Gus Hartwig will be out. Devin Mockaby seems like will be coming back uh, to be able to play. At least that's been some of the indication. But uh, Hartwig is a big loss there in the middle of, of the offensive line. Yeah, I think 27 consecutive starts, I want to say dating back to the 2020 season. So he's been uh, you know, a pillar of consistency, a real rock on the interior of that line, which has been a pretty uh, underrated group, Kyle. They've had to deal with their fair share of injuries, but have kept it together and gotten a pretty consistent push. Josh Coltenberger had to come on last week after Hartwig went out with what's believed to be a knee injury, a serious knee injury. And uh, now this is his time to shine. We'll see if he can snap the ball with consistency and help keep that offensive line moving forward. You talked about Devin Mockaby. It seems like, again, like you said, all signs point to him probably playing. I think he wants to play. Uh, Southern Indiana guy is going to have a lot of friends and family in Bloomington. 750 yards rushing, Kyle. He's getting close to 1,000. And then, of course, keep your eye on Branson Dean, their best defensive tackle. He'll be a game-time decision for the second week in a row. He didn't play last week. High ankle sprain. He suffered in Champaign. He may not play again, Kyle. So that's probably the other key player with an injury situation to monitor. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, get a weather forecast. Uh, we'll do that and much more coming up on this uh, pregame edition of Gold and Black Radio. Hello from News 18. I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. The Boilermakers are taking the trip down to Bloomington to take on the Hoosiers with a kickoff time around 3.30 Saturday. For those taking the trip down south for tailgating, expect a cool start with temperatures in the upper 30s mid-morning 
It will be sunny for the first part of the day, but more clouds will begin to build throughout the afternoon. At kickoff, temperatures will be in the mid-50s with southeast winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. But by the end of the game, overcast conditions will be likely with rain working in by 6 to 8 o'clock in the evening. So most of the game should be dry, but be prepared for a wet commute back home. From News 18, I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. Boiler up, hammer down. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. It's time to break it down as we go in-depth about Purdue's opponent. Hey, really pleased to be joined by Dylan Sin, covers college sports in Indiana for the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette. Dylan, of course, covers Purdue, Indiana, Notre Dame. He's a good man and uh, does great work. And Dylan's going to drop some IU knowledge on us today with the old open bucket game coming up Saturday. Dylan, let's jump right in, buddy. Tell listeners what they can expect from the Indiana offense on Saturday. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I guess to start off with, Tom, I appreciate the uh, the kind words there. Um, I guess to start off with, with the Indiana offense, uh, the big story right now is kind of the emergence of Dexter Williams as their new quarterback. Although quarterback is a little bit of a loose term right now because he he's more of kind of a running back who plays that position since he only threw seven passes against Michigan State on Saturday and only completed two of them. But he did run 16 times for 86 yards, gives IU an extra dimension in that run game, which they did not have most of the season uh, with Connor Bazelak back there. Um, and that opened up uh, some holes for the run game for uh, for Indiana with their running back. Sean Shivers ran for over 100 yards. Josh Henderson um, also had a, had a big game. And But the thing with Williams is he can throw the ball. We saw it against Ohio State. One of the first plays of his collegiate career uh, was a 46-yard pass down the field to Anderson Kobe against that Ohio State defense. So uh, he has a good arm. He has speed. He's uh, clearly confident in his own abilities, and he has the confidence of the locker room. So Indiana's offense looks different than it has most of the season. Uh, I guess the biggest thing to know, just kind of on a structural level, level, about Indiana's defense or offense is they want to play quickly. Uh, they are one of the leaders in the country in um, plays per uh, plays per time of possession. Basically, uh, how many play how many seconds there are between plays for you as an offense, and they like to get up and run. And there have been basically at least one or two drives every single game for the Hoosiers this year where that pace just kind of takes the defense out of whatever it wants to do. It happened against Michigan. It happened against Ohio State. It happened against Illinois. It's happened against basically everyone this year. Um, And so that's going to be something to watch for Purdue is how well they handle that pace. It's going to be – it's not quite to the level of what Tennessee was trying to do uh, in the Music City Bowl last year, but it's kind of similar. So so if Purdue has players who remember what that was like, that's something to look forward to uh, for the IU offense uh, this week. What about the Indiana defense, Dylan? What can uh, Purdue fans expect to see from that unit? 
Well, it's it's a veteran unit. That's where most of Indiana's guys that they had a, they had a group of guys that came back this year that really weren't satisfied with the way they played last year when they went two and ten, um, and they wanted better this year. And most of those guys are on defense. Devin Matthews, the safety. Taiwan Mullen, the cornerback, Jalen Williams, the other corner. These are guys that have been around for a while for IU. They're all Big Ten type players. Most of them were all Big Ten in 2020. Um, and so those those guys have been kind of, kind of formed the foundation of this defense. It is a Tom Allen defense kind of through and through. Um, he's back to calling plays this year after um, after uh giving up that that uh, responsibility over the last couple of years. But uh, he likes to bring pressure, uh, especially from the secondary. He's still one of the best in the game at dialing up a blitz uh, when the opposing team doesn't expect it. He'll bring a corner. He'll bring a safety. And those guys have gotten home on a fairly regular basis when IU dialed those up this year. Um, the biggest weakness uh, for the Indiana defense this year has kind of been its ability to get pressure with four players. Their their defensive line uh, is nothing really to write home about. Uh, Bo Robbins, the uh, the the Carmel graduate, is is very good. Um, JT JH Tevis, the transfer from Cal, who is honorable mention All Pac-12, uh, is a good player. But there just really isn't a whole lot of. Uh, beef up front for that Indiana defensive line that's, that's going to scare Purdue. Uh, the the issue would be if uh, Indiana is bringing those blitzes, making sure that Purdue's offensive line um, uh, kind of knows who to pick up and where to go from there. But uh, Indiana has not been a great defense this year, uh, but it has been the better of the two units, and it played well uh, down the stretch against Michigan State on Saturday when they got that big win. So that's something to watch out for going forward. Okay, Dylan, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff in Bloomington. Boilermakers have the bucket. IU wants it. How do you see this game unfolding Saturday? Well, I think it's going to be – I think that the biggest question for me is, again, how does Dexter Williams follow up uh, that performance that he had against Michigan State when he led his team to a win – uh, how does he follow it up against Purdue? Is Purdue ready uh, to defend that Indiana run game, which has now an extra uh, hat in the backfield with Dexter Williams? Um, will Sean Shivers and, and Josh Henderson have the kind of room they had uh, against Michigan State? And I think Purdue has been very good this year at fitting its gaps in the run. Uh, but having the quarterback be a running threat is something that's caused them some issues this year, as, as you know, Tom. So uh, I think that's going to be one of the big keys to the game. I do think Purdue will get enough stops. Uh, and its offense will be able to move the ball just enough uh, to get um, to to win this one. I'm, I am picking Purdue, but I don't think it's going to be the type of 44 to seven beatdown that uh, that IU experienced last year at the hands of the Boilermakers. I do expect Purdue to win, as I said, but I think it will be uh, significantly closer this year. I do expect there will be a couple drives uh, where IU just kind of marches down the field and it, and it feels kind of bad uh, for Purdue, but I don't think those will be the norm. I think um, something like 24 to 17. Uh, sounds about right to me in favor of Purdue, and they will get uh, to eight and four and six and three in Big Ten play. Should be good if that happens. Of course, the Boilermakers would win at least a share of the Big Ten West Championship. Of course, if Iowa somehow loses on Friday at home to Nebraska and Purdue can win in Bloomington, it will not only win the Big Ten West, but go to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game. So a lot of storylines, Dylan. I look forward to seeing you Saturday again. Dylan Sin, Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette. Thank you very much for uh, for stopping by, buddy. Absolutely, Tom. Looking forward to seeing you on Saturday, and, and uh, have a good Thanksgiving. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, 
and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. All right, Tom, let's talk a little bit of uh, postseason possibilities for the Boilermakers. What could happen uh, after? Let's we'll make some assumptions here um, a little bit, especially regarding Purdue. If you know, if Purdue wins this game uh, against Indiana, certainly it uh, helps their their bowl prospects. But man, there are a lot of other factors out there, including involving the college football playoffs, uh, that sort of. Uh, would adjust where the Boilermakers uh, could end up playing during the holidays, right? I mean, if Michigan, for instance, even if it loses to Ohio State, if TCU loses, you know, maybe the Wolverines can sneak into that fourth spot uh, in the uh, the college football playoffs. That would move everybody up a little bit. Just a lot to try to to, to figure out, right? Yeah, you're right. I think, first of all, Always remember this. There's no merit to handing out these bowl bids, Kyle. Just because you've got more wins than somebody, just because you beat somebody head-to-head, that means bupkis when it comes to slot teams in these bowls. They want to just spread teams around, get fresh faces in new places, and get different and enticing matchups. And as far as the Boilermakers go, I think, again, they want to go to Florida, right? You want to play in Orlando or Tampa. And for that to happen, for the best chance for that to happen, Purdue needs three Big Ten teams to get moved up to the big the big boy bowls, as we like to call them. Camp's going to go to the playoff. We know that. Then Michigan or Ohio State's going to probably go to the what the Rose Bowl. And then what Purdue needs to have happen is still Penn State to get a New Year's Day six bowl. Uh, most prognosticators – have projected them at times, Kyle, to be in the Cotton Bowl. So if that happens, three Big Ten teams get moved up. The fortunes of every other Big Ten team move up as well. Then I think you're looking at Iowa, Illinois, and Purdue in competition for the three bowl slots in Florida. Yeah. If for some reason, Purdue loses out to the Illini and Hawkeyes. Then I think the Boilers would go to Charlotte, play in the Duke-Mayo Bowl. If not there, I think they would probably fall beyond the Penn Stripe Bowl in New York. And Kyle, in New York and Charlotte, the opponents are ACC schools. And, of course, in Florida, both those games were played against SEC schools. Yeah. I I, I would understand losing a, a slot to Iowa. I don't understand if Purdue would lose a slot to Illinois. I just don't. Not, you know, nothing against the Illini, but it just seems like Purdue's fan following right now is more significant than Illinois. Am I wrong in that? Well, I know that the, the, the crowds in Champaign aren't always robust, but Illinois is a flagship university of a, uh, of a state. with a lot of people like Purdue has a big alumni base. They are more, you know, more starved for postseason success than Purdue. We know that the issues Illinois football has had, haven't been to a lot of bowls last 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah. So I think, you know, Illinois, still, it's, it's a new story, Kyle. You know, anytime, anytime something's new, it's sexy, right? So I think there may be some appeal there, too. Again, uh, 
I, I anything's possible. I'm I'm just laying it out there, and, I, and don't be shocked. Illinois could get picked over Purdue for some of those reasons I mentioned. Uh, how about uh, Purdue Louisville in uh, in New York? What do you think about uh, <laughs> about that matchup? Yeah, I saw Brett McMurphy of uh, the Action Sports Network had that in his projections this week. Boy, what fun that would be, right? Um, of course, Brom's first game as a Boilermaker coach, you were at it down in Indianapolis. They played Louisville. And here we are six years later, could finish his sixth season playing his alma mater. So that would be very interesting playing the Cardinals up there in the Pinstripe Bowl in NYC. Yeah, it'd be, uh, be a crazy matchup. Uh, that is for sure. All right, Tom, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll get with you here again in a few minutes, talk a little bit of matchups, get your prediction as well. Uh, let's do that and more coming up on Gold and Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event at the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill and Downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. What else is going on around the league? Let's take a look. It's the Big Ten Roundup. All right, let's hit the Big Ten Roundup with Alan Carpet talk other games around uh, the Big Ten. We'll, of course, leave out the one big one that Purdue uh, is watching, and that is the game at 4 o'clock on Friday, Nebraska and Iowa. Many of you will be listening to this after the outcome of that game is known. Let's focus on the other Saturday games, including uh, the big one as Ohio State, second-ranked team in the country, hosts Number three, Michigan. You know, the Buckeyes are eight-point favorites in this one, and likely it would seem to go on to the Big Ten championship game uh, in Indianapolis. Um, Al, it seems like, uh, seems like the Buckeyes have some advantages here, though might be a good game. It'll be a good game, I think, because Michigan's really good defensively. I, I know Michigan hasn't has racked up its great defensive numbers against some kind of pedestrian opponents. But uh, I expect that uh, still, you know, it really comes down to, uh, you know, the health of the both teams at running back. Really. Ohio State's had injuries. Uh, obviously, they have so much depth that they can go to they can go to the well pretty deep and be pretty good. Michigan maybe not in the same situation. Also, J.J. McCarthy's going to – if Michigan's going to win this game and pull the upset, it's going to have to be more consistent than he's been. But I, I think it'll be a great game, and I think it will be – I mean, what can you have a better better prelude to Purdue, Indiana, than Ohio State, Michigan? What, I mean, what could be better? But in all seriousness, it, I, I think it'll be a great game, but I think Ohio State gets it done. Other noon kickoff on Saturday, Maryland uh, hosting Rutgers. The Terps season has sort of gone sideways here down the down the stretch a little bit. They just have not been as good as what you thought they were in the first half of the season, though Maryland in this game is a two-touchdown favorite. Um, yeah, it just seems like sort of Maryland all of a sudden is just okay. 
Well, they they obviously played Ohio State, uh, you know, to a competitive game and and showed what they can do offensively. Ohio State gave them some room. I think Maryland still will get through this game. Well, Rutgers is always a little bit scary uh, in terms of how that goes, but Maryland is is good enough uh, to get better. Uh, it's almost like after Thanksgiving, the season's kind of different too. I don't know why that is, and, and maybe Maryland will get, will write itself a little bit to get the job done. Uh, Illinois has lost three games in a row. It'll travel to Northwestern 3.30 kick. Uh, Illinois lost last week against Michigan, though maybe if it gets a couple of calls, it pulls that game out. The Illini are 14.5-point favorites in Evanston. It feels like a game, Al, that Illinois could win like 24 to nothing and just walk away from this, uh, picking up its eighth victory of the year. Yeah, I think Illinois still has something to prove. They want to prove that uh, last week, a game you're right. If they get a couple calls, they win that game. Uh, it was a, a interesting from that standpoint. Um, I think Illinois will grind it out, though. I was impressed that Northwestern, at least in West Lafayette, uh, gave a good effort. Purdue was pretty uh, mediocre at best. But uh, I think this series has been funny over the years, though. There were teams of surprise from time to time. But I, I think that Illinois will get the job done. It won't be very exciting, but uh, yeah, 20 to seven type game uh, makes sense to me. Minnesota traveling to Wisconsin for a three thirty kick. The Badgers favored by the home three points. Has Jim Leonard done enough to get this job? Better win this game. If I'm him, uh, I, I just to make sure that this is what you want. If you're a Wisconsin fan, this game's an important game there. Both teams like to run the ball. Wisconsin has uh, been schizophrenic at times, uh, uh, to say the least. They weren't against Purdue. Uh, Minnesota had a great chance to beat Iowa last week. They didn't can run the football. The problem is Minnesota's got some real questions at quarterback in terms of its ability to throw the ball. And I think Wisconsin will be enough for the Badgers to get them uh, in Camp Randall. Four o'clock kickoff uh, in Happy Valley, number 11, Penn State hosting Michigan State. Penn State favored by 19. The Spartans really blew it last week, a chance to get to win number six. Yeah. They, uh, they allow Indiana to come back from 17 down with six minutes to go in the third quarter. This feels like a lost season for the Spartans. Unlikely, in my opinion, they get this upset at Penn State. I would agree. I think Penn State will hold serve well enough there. November in Happy Valley is a uh, not that it's all that much different than East Lansing, obviously, but to, this is a this is a game. And Penn State I, again, I say it every week has never impressed me all that much to go all the way back to the September first game against Purdue, but uh, they'll get the job done. They've got a they have an outside chance, outside chance at a New Year's Day six bowl. and uh, I think that that gives uh, Penn State enough impetus and, and motivation to get it done. That's a Big Ten Roundup. Let's go back in time. With a historical look, here's Alan Karthik. All right, Al, let's take a historical view at Purdue and Indiana, of course, playing for the Old Oaken Bucket on Saturday. This is the first game, this seems hard to believe, this is the first game in Bloomington since 2018. How about that? Correct. Yeah, <laughs> and Purdue won that one. Rondale Moore made enough big plays in that game for Purdue to get out of there alive. You know, this is a uh, Memorial Stadium. Indiana has won several, but you have to throw in Daryl Hazel and Danny Hope in there. I know we we have a uh, we don't always mention those guys' names in the show, but this is a uh, uh, you know I don't expect a big crowd in there, and uh, we've had seen some of those games over the years. 
Uh, it is after Thanksgiving, which is where it's been the norm of late. But I, I just like uh, the fact that this rivalry is it is a game that you never know exactly what's going to happen. And, and Indiana pulled one out of its, uh, you know what, last week. So anything can happen, and that's kind of happened in this series to some extent. But really, when you go back and look at it, not all that many upsets, um, and uh, it would be a pretty good size upset if Indiana beats Purdue. Yeah, I, I I tried this last week to come up with with upsets. It was hard to get the ten, and and Correct. really had to stretch a little bit on a couple of them, even to get to ten. I think you know overwhelmingly, Purdue has been the favorite in a lot of these games. So many of the upsets are Indiana upsets, and and certainly this would one would also qualify uh, clearly if Indiana is able to beat Purdue on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you go back to 1989, that's the kind of the poster child upset of Purdue beating Indiana, uh, 15 to 14, stopping uh, Anthony Thompson from winning the Heisman and whatever. And this was a very, very pedestrian Purdue team. Uh, I, I think, you know, you look at that, uh, you know, 2019 Indiana's win there. I think they were, I don't know what the line was in that game. It wasn't a big upset by any stretch. You know, you go back to 1986, Indiana, Purdue's upset of Indiana, Rod Woodson. Uh, also, that was a little bit of an upset. Uh, but, yeah, there just haven't been all that many of them. Uh, it hasn't been all that spectacular a game, even though it's a trophy game. Uh, it, there have been some good games, but there haven't been any huge upsets. And you're exactly right. It's because Purdue has been the overwhelmingly predominant favorite over the years. And that's a historical view with Alan McCarpick. Thanks, Al. All right. Thanks, Kyle. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. You're listening to Golden Black Radio. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio pregame show. All right, Tom, let's talk some matchups and get our predictions as well. Uh, here's my thought on this game. Uh, Dexter Williams, the second, is going to try to run the football out of the option. Purdue has not really faced a lot of those teams this season. I mean, maybe Syracuse to some extent, though. The Orange really mm-hmm. did a lot of that. Uh, but this is going to be a you know an option offense uh, with Williams uh, that ran for 200 and I don't know, 70 yards or something last week. I mean, in general, Indiana has not been a good running team, but this is a little bit different look now uh, with Williams as the quarterback. Uh, It could really put a little bit of strain on Purdue's defense that it uh, has not been used to this year. Yeah, got to be disciplined, right? You can't chase this guy around or get upfield too quickly or run right by you. And to your point about facing running quarterbacks this year, Garrett Schrader of Syracuse did have some success. The quarterback who's had the most is Nikosi Perry from Florida Atlantic. And to a lesser degree, Cole Freeman last week of Northwestern. Of course, they were so limited. They had to run him and did some things to run game with him. So those are probably the three offenses they played this year that had a quarterback who they tried to run the most. And again, Williams is going to be probably the best of anybody they've seen running from under center and again uh just you gotta like i said stay disciplined don't get up field keep him contained then just make him have to make decisions kyle especially in the pass game 
And, uh, again, if that happens, I think we all can agree, right? If he's got to throw the ball 15, 20 times, uh, he's probably doomed. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, Indiana certainly wants to limit him, just two completions last week. The crazy thing to me is that he only had seven pass attempts, and he was sacked three times. So, I mean, he, <laughs> so he probably dropped back to pass, what, 10? I mean, he probably scrambled a couple of times out of a, a, a passing play, so maybe – you know, 10, 12 times were pass plays. They've called him was sacked a fourth of those. Whew, wow. Just that's a tough look for your offensive line. Uh, the other thing, in, in my opinion, that Purdue needs to guard against here is, you know, Indiana won last week in reality because it got some big special teams plays. Uh that's an area where Purdue needs to really guard against letting the Hoosiers have some sort of big break or a score or, uh, you know, Purdue got a punt blocked last week uh, or, you know, Indiana blocked a field goal, you know, what have you. Uh, that seems to be an area where Purdue's got to make sure it's pretty clean here against the Hoosiers. Yeah, you're right. And uh, had that kickoff return for a touchdown, too. Javen Lucas has two mm -hmm. this season for IU. They're a freshman running back. So you're exactly right. That's a great point. You know, you look at that game, you look at the box score, you're trying to figure out how, how IU won. And you got to look beyond the box score, obviously, and see some of those special teams plays in particular. And, uh, you know, we talk about the need to sort of contain Dexter Williams as a runner. Well, you know, Purdue can make him a total non-factor, Kyle, by getting a big lead. And I'm looking right at Aiden O'Connell when I say that, man. This will be his last regular season game. Look at the stats for the IU defense, Kyle, against the pass. They're 14th in the conference. This is a chance for Aiden to have one of those 400-yard passing games if the weather isn't crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, but he could just shred that defense. Purdue gets up. 14, 21, nothing, and then bang, Indiana's offense is totally lost and playing from behind. So that may be the biggest key of all. Uh, you know, it's getting that offense for pretty rolling, getting the lead, sitting on IU early, and taking that offense for Indiana out of any comfort zone it may want to get running the football. All right, so who you got on Saturday? Buddy, I've got 35, 13 boilers. I, I was going to make it half 100, but I thought maybe the weather – would hold this thing down. and But 35-13, I think Purdue's, what, a 10-point favorite. I think they'll win. They'll cover. Uh, I know Dexter Williams is a little scary, but I think Purdue's going to figure him out. He's going to have a couple of nice plays. People are going to sweat a little bit. and But, but Purdue, Purdue finds a way to use to, to, to tighten up its run game and its run fits. And they're not going to let a quarterback like this beat him, I don't think. Yeah. You had Purdue something like 50-10 to 10 last week. <laughs> what's that tell you pay no attention to my predictions <laughs> 50 to 10 uh i've got i've You've got been I've warned got, yeah i've got purdue by a similar score 35 to 21 i think the boilermakers get an early lead it sort of takes indiana out of what it wants to be able uh to do a little bit offensively and unlike michigan state purdue doesn't make some of the mistakes that the spartans did during down the stretch of the game last week i don't know that purdue cruises to an easy win here necessarily because purdue just doesn't do that uh i think they will be challenged in some ways but the boilermakers will uh pull it out get victory number eight on the season and 
win themselves a, a share of the the little trophy that I would imagine the Big Ten uh, gives out after the season. Hey, Tom, uh, appreciate the time. We'll talk to you later. Take care, buddy. All right, uh, that'll do it for our podcast for this week. Uh, if you do like the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars. Give us a comment as well. Thanks to our sponsors. And for Tom Deanhart and Alan Carpick, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.